You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money. And this week, I'm speaking to Rene Egar from Brenthurst Wealth in Cape Town. Rene, difficult times we've got, and the difficult times keep on going on. And there's always a new angle, because what's happening at the moment, not just in South Africa, but worldwide, is that people are being laid off. And you've you've sent me a very important piece, which is all about uh, retrenchments and how to handle them and the various options that you've got. Not a pleasant subject, but as I said, terribly, terribly important. Yes, Lindsay, thanks for having me on your show again. It's a pleasure. Um, yeah, so what sparked um, you know, this conversation today is it's Tuesday and I have had three clients contacting me in the last two days about either being retrenched or they've had to reapply for their jobs. So I thought it was quite um, pertinent for me to talk about this you know, today and the and the options that are available to clients. Um, but the the reality is that those clients that were close to retirement or close to their years of service um, are more than likely going to hit retirement a couple of years, um, you know, closer than they than they had anticipated after this whole. COVID thing has come into play. Yes, it is It is a daily reality and I think it's going to get worse and people really do need some, some guidance and hopefully they are in formal employment and hopefully their company hasn't gone out of business so that they can actually pay a severance package or something. You call it gratuity as well as severance. Maybe you could uh, explain what you mean by that. Yeah, so um, I think what I'd like to talk uh, you know, about is basically sort of you know, when a person is um, retrenched, sort of what they're entitled to, as well as their their retirement funds and what comes as part and parcel with those retirement funds. So, yeah, so on retrenchment, one is normally um, normally um, allowed to get um, a cash lump sum. And this is ba- basically paid by your employer. And it normally amounts to one week's minimum pay for each year of service that you've completed. So some people are, you know, entitled to more, but you just have to check your employment contract very closely. And what happens is when you are retrenched, the normal tax tables are not applied to your to your um, severance package. You actually get the concession of the retirement lump sum um, tax tables, which are actually a little bit more friendlier than the normal withdrawal tax tables. Um, and I'll explain this as I go along. But basically what happens is is it works on a scale. So not to 500,000, that will be seen as tax-free. Right. So that will be your, your lump sum if it's over that, whatever gets paid. And it can be, you know, leave overtime, bonuses, all of that gets kind of lumped together and then you get taxed according to these tables. So the first 500,000 rand is is tax-free and then it goes on to a scale of 500 to 700,000, 18%, 700 to a million, um, 27% and so on as as the amount um, increases, so does um, – the, the taxation. So it basically, you know, when you actually are looking at your retirement fund benefit, you need to make some important decisions in terms of 
of how you're going to actually split this be- benefit. If you don't okay? need the money, sorry to be simplistic here, but that's mm. me. Um, if you don't need the money, if you're in the luxurious position that you're getting, you're getting retrenched and you're, you're taking the package and you don't need the 500 the 700 or the million whatever it is uh, can you put that into some kind of vehicle that avoids the tax that you've just spoken about absolutely so there are a few there are a few options um that you can you can look at so you can leave it in your current employer's fund but that's only if the rules of the fund allow for it um this is probably my least favorite option because effectively there you are just a number in the pension or provident fund and there's no active management really taking place. Okay, that's the first thing. The second option is you can transfer to a preservation fund and basically in a preservation fund you can still access one full or partial withdrawal before retirement. So at least it gives you a little bit of um, a little bit of flexibility if you still want to take that withdrawal later after transferring it to a preservation fund. Um, and then, yeah, in a preservation fund, what's quite nice is you can you can have flexibility in the, in the sense that you can have an advisor managing it and, um, you know, choosing which asset classes that you go into to try and maximize those returns within the preservation fund. You could transfer it to a retirement annuity on a tax-free basis, but quite honestly, I don't see the point in that because you can always keep a preservation fund and have a retirement annuity on the side that you contribute to. So you don't want to lock your money up all in an RA, particularly if you are under 55. Yes. Okay. If you're over 55, though, this is the last one. And when, once you've told me what the last one is, you can tell me what your favorite is. But anyway, tell me about the one if you have reached retirement age, i.e. over 55 or more. Yeah. So what I would consider if you are over five is most definitely um, transferring it or taking the lump sum and transferring it to a living annuity. The great thing about a living annuity is that you're not subject to the Prudential Investment Guidelines. Now, they restrict where you can invest. So, for example, um, at the moment, you you can't go more than 70-odd percent into equities or 30% in offshore. And, you know, I'm not trying to to be – well, I'm actually going to be a little bit honest, but the prescribed Mm. assets that are being proposed – Yes. Um, are going to become a reality. Now, if that means changing the regulation 28, that is going to become even more stricter within preservation funds and RAs and things like that, whereas in the life annuity, you managed, you, you're governed by the Long-Term Insurance Act, so you can invest wherever you like. So you can have as much offshore as you want, as much as many bond, uh, as much bond exposure as you want. You can have the whole lot in equity. You can, you just have more flexibility. Yes. Um, with the living annuity, there are some things that you have to consider because when you're in a living annuity, you have to draw an income, but those can be can be worked around, you know, from a tax point of view. And I just wanted to quickly just show you why my favorite is obviously a living annuity if it is an option available to you please do is 
If you were restricted to Regulation 28, yeah. okay, in your retirement annuities, pension, providence for the last um, three years, your Regulation 28 portfolio, because of the restrictions, would probably be giving you about 4 or 5% per annum over the last three years, okay? If you had... Um, if you take it over five years, then you're looking at about five or six percent per annum. Okay, now this is the difference. If you had forty or fifty percent exposure to a living annuity over the last three years, your portfolio will have done between ten and eleven percent per annum, and over the last five years, it would have done between nine and ten percent per annum. That's a whole three and four percent outperformance just by being restricted within those regulation 28 funds. Which in these days of zero interest rates and also low market returns, that's a very big percentage. Yeah. And, and the worry is, is that we're going to, you know, in order to raise funds for COVID, we, this prescribed assets um, thing is going to make us all have to invest in, you know, in, in bonds and hmm. you know i don't know there could be some regulation around that and you know before it was it was just um perceived that this might happen i reckon after this whole covid story it is going to happen um so yeah anyway but another thing to consider would be the medical aid that is attached to your your pension or provident fund or uh, to your actual employment and I just want to make sure that people know that if there is a break of more than three months yeah. um, where you contribute to a medical aid, um, you, there can be waiting periods. And with COVID-19 in full force, I think it's more important than ever to make sure that you're not, um, you don't have any months breakage between your medical aid. And if you can't afford it, you need to look at a cheaper medical aid, but I really would say that people need to make sure that their medical aid membership doesn't get um, interrupted. Okay, so you don't let it, you don't let it lapse, even though that you're not, even though you've lost your job. In other words, I'm trying to put it in a polite yeah. way. Even though you've lost your yeah. job, can you go to the medical aid company and say, "I'm not working for uh, Brenthurst anymore, or, or, or ABC Widgets anymore"? Let's put it that way. Uh, but I want to keep yeah. up this medical aid. Can you can you uh, employ that option? Yeah, you can do that, or in some instances, it might be better just to go to a private medical scheme to get a better rate. So you'd have to do some comparisons and see which is going to be best for you. But that's 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 very important. And then another thing to discuss is um, group life covers. So a lot of pension and provident funds with your employer will have a certain amount of group life cover attached. Um, and on retrenchment, you will lose your life cover as well as your disability benefits. So you need to make sure that you reassess your levels of cover that you require. Yes. And you have to just make, you know, it's a good time to kind of review everything, sort of what you require on life, disability, severe illness. And, you know, if you were, for example, employed with a, a new company, um, at a lesser amount or a lesser salary, it's good time, a good time to review your disability 
hills cover, etc., etc. I think it's time to get back to basics. Actually, I mean, so many people that I speak to, Renee, are trying to predict what the the fallout of COVID nineteen will be, whether it be socioeconomically or from a macroeconomic point of view or from an investment point of view. But I think the best thing to do is just to sit down and reevaluate your your own future and make sure that you're you're on a firm footing. I think that's that's the best place to start. Yeah, Lindsay. So, I mean, I can honestly say that big decisions in people's lives are coming. Um, Spending patterns are going to alter. And I'm afraid to say, but less is going to be more. And I do believe that people will start saving more and spending less, which effectively means that, you know, consumer spending is going to, to drop. And people are going to sort of, you know, go for, for, for things that are more relevant, like online shopping, um, you know, all these different apps that are available, um, gaming, and, you know, different things are going to become what I call like funky sectors, like healthcare and biotech and tech. Those kind of sectors going forward, I think, are going to do quite nicely. You're not going to be able just to invest in any kind of index or any kind of, you know, share and it's it, it's going to do something. It's going to be very kind of, you know, picky, active versus passive management kind of kind of scenario. Yes. And of course, at this time, you need the expertise of a financial advisor. I mean, probably more than ever, even though I must say that financial advisors are probably split down the middle as to what the future will be. At least you can sit down and discuss it. And um, the, the situation is evolving almost on a day to day basis. Wouldn't you agree? Certainly. And you know what? I just I just think that that going forward or at least for or at least for the the next while, it's going to be very choppy. And, you know, we need to kind of reach a a new type of normal again. And I just, you know, will encourage all investors not to panic sell. And, you know, in the middle of March, I sort of, we sort of watched just before the South African lockdown happened, we sort of watched the market fall globally 30%. And, since then, there's been quite a, a sharp rebound. So, you know, people are only at risk of losing capital when there's market vol- volatility on how they actually react to the volatility, not actually what's happening in markets. The minute you panic sell, you, you're going you're to lose. And, you know, there's certain sectors that are going to come under pressure, like listed property, for example. Mm. Um, people are going to do online shopping. People are going to reassess, you know, renting these big offices when people can work from home. Um, you know, everything, even shops, they're going to become more online-based after this. So those are things to consider. Money market, money market sitting at about 6%, you take – tax off that and you not you, your money's not growing in real terms so people are going to have to take more risk to get more return um consumer spending strapped bond yields are favorable but you know you can't just go and invest in whatever government bonds to get your yield or corporate bonds you've got it or whatever you've just got to have a, a, a tried and tested you know fund manager that has got a low duration duration attached to his fund and 
and lower risk. But you know, all I can uh, you know all I can end off with is we are going to have a new type of normal, and the only way I see people surviving this type of thing is to to have someone actively managing your funds and diversify and diversify some more. Very nice way to end it off. And that was a fascinating chat. Thank you so much, Renee. That's Renee Egar from Brenthurst Wealth in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.